0: Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Ilan Stavins. Ilan is the Louis Sebring Professor in Latin American and Latino Culture at Amherst College. He's a culture commentator, author of numerous books, and has taught courses on a wide array of topics such as Spanglish, Jorge Luis Borges, Modern American Poetry, World Jewish Writers, Yiddish literature, Jewish-Hispanic relations, and more. We've enjoyed having Alon Stavins here at the Center to present weekend courses, as well as to lecture at our Great Jewish Book Summer Program. His most recent work is The New World Haggadah. Welcome, Alon, and thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure.
0: Great to have you here. So tell me a little bit about The New World Haggadah.
1: Well, this is a, an effort that uh, I have been involved in for maybe 10 years, uh, although only in the last uh, maybe two years it's really been intense in the act of producing it, writing it, and and uh, giving it some shape. It is the result of my desire to see in our liturgy, in the way we engage with our uh, festivals in Jewish life, a more expansive, diverse, pluralistic uh, approach we American Jews have changed enormously in the last 50 years. We are not only Ashkenazim. We do not only come from Eastern Europe. Yiddish is not our only source, although those elements remain the base, the the foundation of who we are. There are all sorts of uh, ramifications and tributari- tri- tributaries these days on a, on Jewish life. And I wanted to create a Haggadah that was Truly, a reflection, a mirror of the of the sum of parts that Jewish life. Today is is all about. So there's there are Sephardic elements, and there are elements from Latin America, and elements that go to the Balkans and, and Northern Africa. Uh, there are all sorts of languages in the Hagada. Again, languages that we constantly use as Jews in the United States: Yiddish, but Ladino, and in the uh, 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 varieties that have to do with connections with Arabic. Uh, and I think that the Haggadah is a is a is 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 trying to push the Passover holiday to this new dimension that we eh, all of us together collectively are today.
0: Well, I, you know, for me, and I think it's universally true, and I think you even allude to it in the book. Seder is a wonderful thing because each family has their own tradition, and each family decides how the service will go, and they weave in different kind of commentary, different kind of references, et cetera. So um, this is a very exciting breaking you know, out of the box a little bit, as it were. But as you say, it's very, I mean, it, it includes and it's more encompassing than others. Um, and I wonder how personal it is for you.
1: It's very personal. It, it is, it, I love the the Passover Seder, as you said, because it is really an open book. We are the characters as well as the readers, and the narrative that we that we deliver is written on the pages, but we add to those pages uh, constantly. And so, uh, in my life, I have seen a lot of those additions from when I was growing up as a as a Yiddish speaker in Mexico, and I would, for the first time, see non-Jews being invited by my grandparents to the houses and, and witness the type of a rituals that we would engage in. I remember growing up also in Mexico and for the very first time a- encountering someone who had a tattooed number on his forearm and a- listening to my uncle telling me that this was a Holocaust survivor. I was, mm-hmm. I was maybe five or six years old, and I saw this old, taciturn, Quiet man who I had never seen before in one of the satyrs, and he had been invited because he had no family uh, where to go and in in the ceremony, he said something about being in a, in a concentration camp rather than being silent or, or rejecting those memories and Though I was very young i I have very vivid uh, a very vivid recollection of that, and precisely what you 're saying the fact that we add that we personalize that we Make the holiday our own, in many ways, establishes that the Haggadah is ours. It, it doesn't, it, that, that's what I wanted to use in, in the New World Haggadah. It's not as if it has come from Mount Sinai and we have to repeat it verbatim. We appropriate it, we, we give it our own character. And this one it offers the structure of what the holiday is, adds all these other elements poetic, and and prose-like, but also invites people to bring in their own elements, expanding it even more.
0: Well, that's what I found interesting. I mean, there was the basic construction, which we all know. And as I say, everybody deviates. One thing I have of my father's, which I love, is his annotated Haggadah on who was going to speak. Because again, it's it's personal. Um, But it's really interesting. I feel as though you've, introduced modern culture and also that sort of multicultural aspect to it. And I wonder how it was to try to figure out how you wanted to introduce that.
1: Well, I the, the multicultural aspect was the— I, I decided that that was going to be the mission of this Haggadah, but once that decision was made, the real question was, well, what aspect of multiculturalism should, should be in? And a, one has an, an ideal— Haggadah in mind, and then one has the reality of what can mm-hmm. uh, be included, permissions that have that have to be paid, uh, the designs, the length. I remember doing the early research and just thinking about how long Haggadahs were in the Middle Ages. I mean, the original Haggadahs had... Two hundred pages. When we complain about the seder running for five hours because right. there's an uncle or there's an aunt that wouldn't shut up, well, you you think of the Middle Ages literally going for an entire day in the in the whole process of, of leaving Egypt. I I wonder if people didn't at some point think it would have been better to stay as slaves rather than go through this this whole journey. Um, here, I wanted to uh, really a. Uh, offer elements that were from different cultures and of different languages. I wanted the, the texture and the sounds and the music of those languages to be present in the page with the respective translations, and I wanted the idea of liberation. That That's ultimately what, mm-hmm. what the holiday is about, how we uh, were slaves and ultimately decided that we needed to be free, and that that concept comes back time and again in, in our daily life, in our yearly life. We are always slaves, and we are always looking to uh, leave, leave Egypt. So I wanted to see how the concept of liberation played out in different moments of Jewish history, 1492, uh, being expelled from Spain. the equivalent of Egypt and looking for a new land, arriving to the United States. There are poems by Emma Lazarus, not only the New Colossus, but another one that she wrote just before the New Colossus called 1492, mm-hmm. where she looks at the at the Jewish diaspora from from the Iberian Peninsula. I wanted to think about the the civil rights movement and the involvement of the of Jewish activists. I wanted to think of the the dirty war in Argentina and Brazil and Chile. And the struggle for democracy and for a more fair and equal society in which Jews participated fully, and I wanted to think about the the struggle for freedom of crypto-Jews and new Christians and Marranos that went to Northern Africa, went to the Netherlands, went to Israel and, and, and that wanted to, they needed to hide their identity because of the Inquisition, but they looked for ways to manifest it in different fashions. So the concept of liberation is, is, is really all over our history. And I wanted different bits and pieces of that uh, through poems, through songs, through liturgy, through through storytelling, and I collaborated with a wonderful um, artist from Morocco uh, who I think did a beautiful job in, in bringing all those colors, all those patterns to life in the Hagara. so I'm, I'm very excited.
0: Well, it, it was surprising, um, and it all makes sense because it's, again, I think it's a very Jewish tradition to, to have things be teachable, um, and then to prompt conversation. And it's interesting because you've sort of, you've brought us all forward so that we can see where we are in contemporary culture and yet reflect on the past but without going back to Egypt from I, where we are today.
1: You I know. love how you're putting it because I don't think we can go forward without looking at the past. I think that they are, there's a... A relationship between the two. As we go forward, we have to keep on thinking about where we've been and about the many places where we've been. One, I've been in the United States half of my life, almost exactly, mm-hmm. Lisa. And one of the things that I have most admired is the, the strength, the continuity of American Jews. But I've also uh, had my qualms with the way American Jews look back at Jewish history as a very uh, limited—it goes to the Bible, the Talmudic period, then very quickly it passes through spain and moves to the 19th century the age of nationalism zionism the holocaust the creation of the state of israel and here we are american jews in the real paradise but there were many other aspects of jewish life in the arab countries in 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 spain in a much more multifaceted way and the goal is to go forward by looking at the past in different different with different strategies
0: mm-hmm. So, I um, wonder if this has reshaped your family, Seder.
1: It has very much. You know, the kids have brought uh, friends, black, Asian, Latinos, because we are from that mm-hmm. background, uh, to the family. All the time we often spend it with neighbors who were active during the civil rights era. Uh, I have very close friends who uh, had uh, siblings or relatives uh, or friends that were among the desaparecidos in argentina and so that those ten years that I was telling you at the beginning have literally been without my knowing the the canvas on which this uh, Hagada was ultimately drawn.
0: Mm-hmm. And quickly, I mean, the way that you curated, selected um, the different pieces that are in there, was that hard? Were you surprised by what you found?
1: Very hard. And I have learned one thing, Lisa: when you put together an anthology or a volume like this, you really have an ideal vision in mind, and ultimately, it becomes two books. It becomes the book with everything that you managed to put in. And the book with everything that was left out. And you're hoping that the book with everything in it is better than the book with the stuff that was left out and I you know you have to make many decisions I'm going to include this but there's the the publisher is giving me 80 pages if so if I include this I can include this other part or this is going to be I I don't like to book fragments mm-hmm. of pieces I, I prefer to put entire pieces so sometimes you have to balance where geographically something is coming from if this is going to be good for the kids ultimately the Passover Seder is a, is a kid friendly mm-hmm. A, a journey, a celebration. And then a, what is it going to be a, 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 the sum of parts that is truly reflective of what you want it to be? So it's hard, but it's fun.
0: It's, it's interesting because I imagine um, that also this, it sounds like this idea was shaped early on in your life by the way that your family put together the Seder, And this is sort of the next generation takes it on, and you create this book, which is really, really, really lovely. Um, And you mentioned um, the illustrator, which I would be remiss not to say. Um, It did a beautiful job. It's Gloria Abella. Balin, is mm-hmm. that a correct pronunciation? And the work really complements the text. Um, oh, she's, work she's to, superb. Yeah.
1: And we work very closely. Uh, page by page, she would send me stuff back, and I would send her uh, my reaction. And then we would uh, reaccommodate the text. Uh, I I love... Throughout my life, I have loved collaborating with people. I think it's like a tango where you your movements mm-hmm. really are shaped by the movement of the of the co-dancer, and she has been an, an extraordinary partner. I met her only once, but it, everything has been done by phone, email, Skype, and the. You know, when you when it, when it's uh, when it's based on mutual respect, you allow the other to create to be free, and uh, likewise, and the result I think was uh, I'm, I'm very pleased.
0: Well, it's really nice because they complement one another. Um, one doesn't overpower the, the other, other yeah.
1: which is always nice when
0: words and images, yeah, work in concert. Well. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, for listeners in the area, I just want to mention that Alan Stavins will be presenting a talk about the New World Haggadah here at the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Mass. On Sunday, April 10th at 2 p.m. For those of you who would like to get the a copy for your Seder or just for your bookshelf and reference, um, it's available in the Yiddish Book Center's online and on-site bookstore. Visit Yiddish bookcenter.org or visit us in Amherst. We hope to see you here for Alan's Talk on April 10th, and thank you again.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a podcast of the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Lisa Newman. Our producer today was Sarah Bleichfeld. Thanks for tuning in. Be well, be strong, and tune in again.